0: from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
1: We are at Silver 7's. Jed's here running things. Willie Ramirez is the company. It's Cofield. Come on down. Great gaming special. Sterling Spoon Restaurant is awesome as well with the uh, 1777 ribs or steak. Take advantage of that. Free parking on the... Uh, on the surface, also in the garage and uh, hot area down here, hot area, a lot of a uh, lot of stuff being built uh, right by Silver Seven. So come on down here. We're here on Thursdays, but seven days a week, it's a great spot to hang out. Big Five time.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five.
1: So the Las Vegas Aces are reeling. You got to see Sabrina Nieksiu last night, the uh, former Oregon star. She's pretty damn good. You're to the point now. You think she's going to be the next face of the league.
2: Oh, yeah. There's, you know, and, and, I, and I'm biased because she's my favorite college basketball player, women's college basketball player I've ever covered. And, I, I mean, I saw her show up here for, like, a, a one of those smaller tournaments that are, were in the Cox, like, you know, UNLV, Oregon. I can't remember who else was in it. Syracuse may have been here or Mississippi State. Somewhere. But I remember the first time I saw her and then covering the Pac-12 tournament. So I've always been a fan of her caught up with her last night briefly because they were flying out they got a game tonight against Phoenix I definitely think that Sabrina Ionescu is well on her way to rewriting the WNBA record book she will eventually supplant right now we refer to Diana Taurasi as the goat everybody does I mean some some say Sue Bird is their goat I believe uh I can't remember who it was. Asia? Somebody somebody said, uh, my, or it was Natasha Cloud. Her goat is Sue Bird. Um, but point is, 10 years from now, we are going to be refer I mean, she's already tied Candace Parker for triple, career triple doubles. She's in her third season, and she didn't play once. She-, she was injured. She battled injuries. She already got three triple doubles. I mean, she is the triple-double queen in college oops, just like Kelsey Plum is the scoring queen. Sabrina Ionescu is well on her way, like I said, to rewriting record books. Liberty take
1: out the Aces. The Aces are, what, four and five in their last nine? Asia Wilson, after the game, talked about, hey, we got to get it together. We got to, you know, get some time apart here and then come together, and start to fix things. Would adding another good player fix things? Is, or are the Mercury going to be dealing one of their star players because there's been some sort of tumult there?
2: Uh, yeah, I. I- get it and the you know the Mercury have have explored is the is the is what I saw per next tubes explored trading Skyler Diggins Smith. Go. I don't she n- needs to be a Las Vegan. I don't know if it's in regards to her clown emoji on the coach. I don't know if it was the dust up with Diana Tarasi here in uh Las Vegas during that game. Um I've spoken to a couple of WNBA insiders and you know Tarasi is a film study, team aspect fiend when it comes to, you know, it, it's it's time for practice, time for game film, it's time for, you know, putting, doing all those little extra things. Skylar Diggins is not a playbook, textbook, film type of person according to a couple of sources. And it rubs her the wrong way. So when things go wrong, Tarasi's going to sort of maybe throw those things or bring things up loud enough for her to hear it in a huddle, and then that's what causes these little uproars. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that Tina Charles wanted out of Phoenix. They bought her out of her contract. She ends up with the Seattle Storm. Seattle now has – Seattle and Chicago, and I've been saying this on the show for the past couple of weeks, is they are the two best teams. Chicago is probably the best team in the in WMA. They're the defending champs. They're playing like it. And Seattle's now probably the best team in the Western Conference because you know what they do? They play defense. You got Brianna Stewart. You got Sue Bird. You got Tina Charles. Skylar Dickens-Smith. She probably wants to go to a team that's going to get to the WNBA playoffs, get to the WNBA could has the potential to get into the finals. Now where she would fit in here, I don't know. I mean she's you know, they they have they have arguably the best starting five in the WNBA. Where does she fit in?
1: But Well they don't have much of a bench and they've lost 5 of 9. But so. she's
2: but Skylar Diggins-Smith isn't necessarily a bench player. I, you know, Well, on a, on a loaded team, I she guess. is. Well, don't, let's not forget that there are Evil two, Empire time there let's are collect as many players as you can. There are two former 6th woman of the years playing. The last 3 WNBA 6th women of the year. Dierica Hamby won it twice. Kelsey Plum won it. Now, I don't know if Kelsey is being going to be relegated to the bench. You bring someone like Skylar diggins Smith in. Does Dierica move back to the bench and come off the bench? You know Chelsea Gray. It's 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 a tough call, but she certainly could fit in and then immediately work in the rotation. Rakuna Williams is starting to look like her old self again. She is she can play defense. She can facilitate. Um, yeah, I, it, it it considering the 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 tumult that the mercury we're going through, starting with the Brittany Griner um, situation before the season started and now as things have progressed throughout the season, I mean, I wouldn't blame McDiggins if if she wants to move on.
1: Number four. So the news comes out today about Brittany Griner pleading guilty in Russia. I mean, most reports, legal experts, I mean, it's not, you know, these folks aren't legal experts on – Russian law are thinking hey this is the way to start moving this thing along where she's not going to get 10 years and there could be a trade I you know it's fascinating there's a story that's developing in the NHL with uh, Kaprizov of the wild Russian Uh, there are reports out there that he's wanted in Russia for allegedly buying military ID in 2017 he's somewhere in the U.S. Is it crazy to, th- like, do we have to go and round up Kaprizov and send him back to Putin? That would be pretty cruel. Is that the trade? We've talked about the the, the alleged trade, which is Brittany Griner for some murderous lunatic that, you know, we've got. I don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with, with Griner. I hope this works out. Um, you know I was disturbed by? You told me a story off there. You don't have to name names, but um, you were speaking about someone who covers the WNBA and is very pro-female, but... Uh, was pretty open about calling Griner a scumbag, and she's deserving what she's getting. Like, really?
2: Yeah, I found that a a bit hypocritical. Um, You know, you're you're on the – you're on a WNBA beat, and yet – and you're speaking to people who have been emotional and very outspoken. BG, We are BG, so on and so forth, and yet you're, the word you used was despicable and hmm. one of the worst human beings that you'd ever try to interview. Yet, now I don't know about in your locale, in your location, and where that took place, but I know that the first two years that the, the Aces were in town, and Candace Parker... Elena Deladon, Diana Taurasi, the big names in the WNBA. I wanted to know what it was like flying into Vegas and coming to, instead of going to San Antonio, starting to come to Vegas, and they were all raped. You know who was bent over backwards and and sat down? It's funny because it's one one of the several. You talked about height earlier, but uh, it's one of the several where she sat down and we still looked eye to eye and I was standing up. But Brittany Geiner was tremendous sat down with me she all-star weekend when it was here hey. i asked her to slam dunk for me and she and she she did so i could put it i still have it on one of my a lot, of, a lot of times it's
1: how you approach people what mood they're in uh you, you know your energy believe me i've had some people come at me and i'm like yeah i look at it later i'm like yeah you know maybe it was me i don't i don't know you you could you could have been around mark davis today at the uh, raiders press conference and he was smiling for some he was not smiling for others so sometimes when you know When you talk about someone being despicable or unapproachable, it might fall on the way you behave. You know, you may want to look in the mirror on that one. Number three. Not saying that about you. Uh, The fourth period, good uh, Twitter handle, lifestyle, hockey dealio. Yeah. um, Suggesting that the site says, I'm told both Robin Leonard and and, uh, Bressois might not be ready by the start of the season in October. We haven't heard anything like that, right? But, my God, that would be a crazy puzzle to put together if Robin Leonard really isn't ready until months into the season, and you've got Logan Thompson, and what else?
2: Well, if that's true, um, and and by the way, the NHL draft is taking place as we're – I mean, there's so many things going on for us to cover. We have the NHL draft, and – I, I I don't know what to make of this because it's always something. But yet, you know, the, the only thing that I wish that this that we could have is like our, our, our media availability because Robin would come out and squash everybody's rumors. That's not true. Dr. Cerevelli whoever it is doctor fourth period well it turned um, out it turned out that he
1: was a mess last year
2: it, that he was, really was beat up he was beat up and he has to have surgery and well the one thing that hasn't surfaced because they're not going to reveal that is they came out and finally said well yeah he's got to have shoulder surgery but remember there was also a kneecap issue so i'm not sure what is going on robin leonard and it could be beyond the shoulder surgery that he's not going to be ready why because well i know for a fact that it takes some time to recover from knee surgery and i had compared to what other repairs, you know, you, there's a difference between a cleanup and a repair, right? But if Boissois which I, and I don't think that was, I think Logan Thompson proved that he's a bona fide backup and could handle possibly sharing the starting role duties. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, it wouldn't shock me, you know, development camps around the corner, training camps in September. We've got the schedule out yesterday, uh, if some deals are made and we hear something. Now, I'm not talking about Leonard, but you got to get a security blanket in there somewhere or another. If, if this is true, they got to start working some deals now. Flurry's off the market because he resigned with The Wild today. Two years, three and a half billions each year. So.
0: Number two.
1: Willie's been all over the Summer League. I know you're going to be out there all next week with Cofield and company. A beautiful set that we'll be introing as uh, Q Myers is doing his show on Raider Nation Radio 920 there right now. uh, You caught up with Matt Barnes let's fire this a former NBA player big time podcaster flamethrower here's Willie with Matt Barnes all
2: right we're joined by Matt Barnes here on Cold Building Company appreciate you joining us taking in an Aces game tonight got the NBA Summer League on tap just get your thoughts real quick on just the NBA's presence in Las Vegas year after year and now talks of possibly expanding here
3: I think it'd be great you know the Raiders are here now you have the Aces um, you're hearing that it could be baseball you know that the Bay is losing everything but um, I love it. The energy in, in, in Las Vegas is obviously, you know, infectious. Um, this is my first Aces game, and I was blown away at just the energy in this arena and how many people are actually here. So I love what sports is in Vegas, and I think it would be a great move. The Summer League comes here, obviously.
2: It's been coming here. But in, in your time and, and maybe visiting and seeing, how have you just seen it? You, you use the word infectious, just how it's sort of just grown on the each other, the town on it and it on the town.
3: Well, I think legalizing betting obviously changed the dynamic um, in in, in just kind of viewing sports in Las Vegas. It was always kind of a, oh, stay away, it could be trouble. But now that, you know, betting is hand in hand with every single league, um, I think it's only right to have something here. So, like I say, I just love the growth in sports in general. I think adding another team here and then another team in
2: Seattle for the NBA would be a great move. We had DeMarcus on a couple of weeks ago. He was here at a game and I asked him, you know, you you hear LeBron saying he would love to bring a team to Las Vegas. And I asked him, I said, what would that be like, a LeBron team? And DeMarcus said, I want in on that. What would a team owned by LeBron in Las Vegas? That's a marriage,
3: right? I I want in on it, too. Maybe some security or something. They could hire me doing something, but I think it would be great. You know, LeBron's been a great ambassador. For not only our sport, but just globally in general. And uh, anything he puts his mind to, I have no doubt that he'll succeed in. So I think it would be dope if he was the one that was able to bring a team here.
2: Easy to say. NBA, Vegas, Vegas, NBA and bring all the smoke. Man, all of it. Well, yeah, we'll definitely be out here. <laughs> all right, Matt, thanks for joining no us problem. on Cool Field & Company. Good no problem. Thanks for having
1: me. There you go. Matt Barnes around the NBA Summer League last night at the Aces game.
2: Did you hear the, the during the last question that, that, that roar of applause? Uh, that wasn't for me or Matt Barnes, by the way. You know who that was for? Sabrina Ionescu. She was leaving the court finally. Oh, wow. That's how big of a fan base she had. Somebody asked me. You texted me predicting uh, uh, for a prediction of the uh, the crowd. Somebody else asked me, and I said, look, the the uh, the Aces had been gone for a four-game road trip. This is the last home game for, for two weeks. All-star break, and then they're on the road. And... I got news for you, women's college basketball fans in this town. Sabrina Unesco has a built-in fan base. They were cheering because she had she was leaving the arena to go to the locker room, and she had waved. But um, anyway, yeah, gracious. That you know, uh, Matt Barnes, he, he he was more than willing to talk, and uh, great interview. We 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 shared a little little chat after after I turned the recorder off, just on the All the Smoke podcast, because I really enjoyed it during that twenty-one day challenge earlier this year, and. Uh, him and Kobe Bryant, him and Allen Iverson, along with Stephen Jackson, some great stuff. So check their their podcast out. And he, we saw, I saw him today. He was on the set at the uh, at uh, NBA Summer League as they were getting ready to go live. Top stories on the way: Raiders name a new president.
1: It is a female. She is African American. It's Sandra Douglas Morgan. I thought she hit a home run in her opening statement, answering some of the media questions. We'll hear from the new presidents of the Raiders in Lesson five. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born
0: Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. This
1: is ridiculous.
0: Now. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and
1: Company. Ah, that was epic yesterday. Pittsburgh Pirates lose 16-0. Yankees taking batting practice. Josh Van Meter, catcher, utility player. Giancarlo Stanton with the bomb and the uh, Pirates TV guy. Just, this is ridiculous. And you couldn't really tell if he was bad at Stanton for swinging or completely angry at the Pirates. Because they got blown off the field. I saw a picture of Stanton rounding second base and O'Neal Cruz, who's a 6'7 shortstop, who's an awesome prospect. Somehow the Dodgers traded him. Um, <laughs> think about this. The Dodgers traded O'Neal Cruz and Jordan Alvarez in a pair of deals for relievers. That's how deep the Dodgers system is. Anyway, so Pirates announcer all pissed off for the, uh, I guess, on behalf of Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Spend the money you're given by baseball, and you could be more competitive. Uh, By the way, Yankees and Red Sox are going at it. Garrett Cole's on the mound, leaking some oil, but he was spotted five runs, so Yankees up 5-2 in the fourth. So Raiders have a new boss of the organization, new president. She's breaking barriers, Sandra Douglas Morgan, first African-American female president of an NFL team. She's got deep, deep, deep ties to the Vegas market. Her dad's Air Force retired over at Nellis. She went to El Dorado. She's worked with uh, companies like AT&T. She's an attorney. She did work for the MGM Resorts. She's part of the Nevada Gaming Commission, like the boss, uh, on the Nevada State Athletic Commission. By the way, she's also got football ties. Her husband played you know, three four years in the National Football League, Don, with the Vikings and Cardinals. Went to Reno. That's okay. He's a Stockton guy. So there's a lot here, a lot of positives to talk about, and we'll see what path she's going to take the Raiders down as they try to fix things and get a little better on the business front, management front. Uh, Today she talked about her background and some of the unique challenges she faces.
4: Sure. Well, I've been an attorney for 20 years, but I have led and managed very large teams, uh, managing, you know, budgets of hundreds of millions of dollars. I've had the honor of serving on boards of public companies that have market capitalization of over billions of dollars. And so I think my um, business acumen will definitely benefit the Raiders. I think my community contacts here will assist a lot of our stakeholders and um, partners. I've had to deal with maybe in a different role as a regulator, but just as important here with the Raiders. I definitely will lean on and can't wait to, to work with Uh, Dave Ziegler and Coach McDaniels as well. I know that their expertise on the football side is a tremendous asset to the Raiders. Um, There's been a a lot of changes over the last six months, but I know that Mark has made those intentionally and just really looking forward to the future.
1: Sounds like a person who's had uh, people ask her questions about her qualifications for a long time. That she's had, you know, you got to always be selling yourself. Like, you know, why do you belong on this board? By the way, she's with Caesars on the board and Allegiant on the board. But I'm guessing that. You know, as she's broken barriers along the way, people have challenged her, like "Why are you here?" Right. And around the NFL, that's going to be the the same case. People see, you know, football and a female president. It's something you know much different than they're used to. Uh, here's a little more of the press conference.
4: Well, to start with your last question, I do believe my board service um, on those two companies that you mentioned show my commitment really to the community and those two companies. I've have created wonderful investments in Nevada as well. So I actually think it's a benefit. Um, We'll continue to um, monitor that if there's an issue. Obviously, those boards know that the Raiders are my first priority. Um, Remind me of your first question. Oh, the challenges. challenges. Look, there's, I'm, there's, it's really no secret that there's been some reports about turnover. Um, my number one goal is to meet with each and every employee, which I had an opportunity to meet the employees, uh, many of them um, this afternoon or this morning, and uh, making sure that our Raider family is strong, our house will be strong, will be in order to ensure that we can continue to be um, benefit and provide world class entertainment um, for this community.
1: So your thoughts? You were out there today. It was quite the celebration, happy mood. I'll tell you one thing I noticed is in the open she did a like a 445 open. Great opening statement. Mark Davis was like just fixated, mouth open like okay. Yeah, I'm sure they had extensive interviews and she came highly recommended and they liked this hire, but he looked like he was blown away by the opening statement.
2: And he, you know, and he used the same somewhat of the same phrase last year, May 11th twenty twenty one when he hired Nikki Fargus as the president of the Aces and he said, you know, wanted to find the right candidate, and Nikki Fargus checked all the boxes. By the
1: way, another woman with deep sports ties and also married to a former NFL player, a former Raider, in Justin Fargus, son of Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. That's right. Always love mentioning that.
2: Um and the same goes here. You know, they it, he interviewed plenty of candidates, but Nobody could replace her from the perch in terms of his list of wow. candidates. And, you know, and like you said, she, I, I, it, you know, when you're when you're faced with the questions that she's been faced with, with the different titles and, and that she's held, you know, she spent eight years with the city of North Las Vegas. She was the first black city attorney in the state of Nevada when she served that role uh, from 2013 to 16. She's, she's been on different boards. And so, so the answers may come across polished and prepared, but she's she she's used to these, like you said. So and she said, I definitely never want to be the last, but I want to get to a point where there are no more firsts in sort of in some of those questions. And I also like that she she was up front and said, I want to be clear, I am not here to sweep anything under the rug or avoid problems or concerns that need to be addressed. And I think by 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 spearheading that, you know, in sort of just going right after those issues and addressing the fact that, hey, we're going to tackle these head on. Um, You know, she she was very, very poignant, and like you said, I think that she – you know, we always use that phrase in the media, did they win the press conference, and I think that she, as you put it, hit a home run, and I, I believe that a statement's been made across the board.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
3: It's going to be Baker, in my opinion, but I think it's
0: going to take him learning this
3: playbook ASAP. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers won five games last season. Sam Donald started, and they've won no more than five in each of the last three seasons. So they're looking for an upgrade. They traded up to go get Matt Corral at quarterback in the draft. They're looking for an upgrade, and I think a healthy Baker Mayfield is
0: that upgrade. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver
1: Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Sam Ochoa, ESPN, talking about Baker Mayfield, Panthers. Let's get the uh, take from another expert, former Panther, uh, radio guy in Charlotte, Super Bowl champ with the Rams, a uh, big lover of Vegas and sports gambling, so we really enjoy having this guy on as uh, Frank Garcia checks in with Cofield and Company. How are you, sir?
5: I'm doing great. I do love Vegas, and um, I'm actually heading out to the uh, little casino tomorrow to, to hang out and then play a little golf.
1: Oh, Nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right, well, give me the vibe on the ground here to Baker Mayfield potentially being the guy at quarterback for the Panthers.
5: No, right now it's split. Uh, I I think you have some long-time fans that are invigorated with the hope uh, that he might bring something new. Uh, I think we've seen Sam Donald. Unfortunately, I don't think we've seen him with all his weapons, and I think that's going to be something that – uh, everybody's going to be looking forward to is having a guy like Chris McCaffrey and, and company and with the new offensive line, revamped offensive line, out there ready to go. So I think Baker Mayfield, uh, them drafting a the quarterback, uh, moving up to, to draft a quarterback, and then having a little bit of a competition. But I think right now, um, as long as Mayfield is able to learn the playbook, I think he's the front runner.
1: Yeah, what's your biggest concern with him, you know, winning the job and being pretty good? Is it his physical skills because he got beat up last year, or is it mental and maturity?
5: I think a combination of a little bit of everything. I think the thing that separates him from, you know, maybe uh, Donald at least is, uh, you know, we haven't seen the other kid yet, but what separates him from Donald is his moxie and his swagger. Uh, you know, we've seen that, and I think that's what's exciting people. It's just the hype. Honestly, I think they're about the same quarterback. I think that, you know, when you look at what Donald was able to do with their with their wins last year, uh, they had their full cast of characters. They you know, McCaffrey was healthy. I think this team goes not as the quarterback goes, but as McCaffrey goes, and he opens up the rest of the playbook for everybody else. But you know, even with if the offense is clicking at full cylinder, I think there's still enough holes on defense that, you know, you're looking at maybe maximum of eight wins and. I'm not sure you know, what Mayfield brings to that as far as uh, you know, maybe you know, getting out there and, and getting the wins, but I think he, he will help. Um, you know, I just don't know how much.
1: He should be a good match for the market. Um, you know, the, the Cleveland uh, media group I think is a little bit bigger. Um, now, Mayfield can bring his own media attention on because of the stuff he says, but do you feel like he's a match for the market where maybe it's going to be a little more relaxed and he's not getting himself in the, the web of trouble all the time by saying stuff?
5: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're, there's definitely not the skepticism and the um, criticism that you're going to find in some of these major markets. But I think trust becoming a little bit more aware with, foot, with football, and you know, having had Cam Newton here for several years, I think that uh, you know we've had a little taste of both. Uh, you know, you've had you've had the optimism, you have the skepticism, uh, skepticism, and and you've seen you know what. Uh, you know what? What uh, this this market's capable with with a quarterback that uh, you know kind of moves the needle, and you know, Mayfield, I think, will move the needle a little bit. Um, if, if you're winning games and you're you're playing well, um, you know, you can be as brash as you want. If you start losing right. games and the quarterback's playing poorly, you know, he's going to get a lot of the criticism. It's
1: the voice of Frank Garcia, longtime uh, NFL guard and center, was drafted by the Panthers back in 1995 out of Washington. Um, I've seen some criticism of. Matt Rule in this, uh, I saw one guy tweeting, you know, Matt Rule's making these you know, deal like this because he's trying to save his job. I'm like, what is he supposed to do? Is Matt Rule in charge of a a franchise that's supposed to lose and tank? Like, what what is Rule supposed to do?
5: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that uh, too much is falling on his plate when it comes to these decisions. And you look at the GM and you know even the owner, uh, you know some of the moves they made and even bringing back Cam. Uh, you know, last year, I think that rule is just kind of, uh, you know, coaching with what he has and the pieces, you know, that are in front of him. I do think he's on, um, you know, kind of a hot seat, even though he's been, you know, given that lengthy contract. Uh, you got to win. Yeah. You know, and this is a, you know, not for long league. And if you're not going out there and getting the victories, then, uh, there's going to start being some criticism. And I think there's a lot of people that are already kind of fed up with, um, you know, the same old routine. Five, five and five isn't going to get a cut. Uh, isn't going to cut it, uh, you know, anywhere. And, uh, you know, people want to see success. The Panthers have seen that in years past, going to a couple Super Bowls, but, you know, they want to get over the hump and be relevant. I think that's the thing right now that uh, is really kind of, um, you know, during a lot of fans is the fact that it doesn't feel like they're relevant in the NFL.
1: Do you think David Tepper is a good owner or will be a good owner?
5: to be determined i guess uh you know you look at uh, some of the things he's done and he has a ongoing lawsuit right now with you know the city of rock hill with you know something that i, be- I feel like he was in the right but nonetheless it's gonna bring some criticism and um you know ownership uh you know that's it, it kind of goes with winning you know you look at uh you know, Bob Craft up in New England, uh, is he a great owner? Yeah. You know, why could he's win? Uh, he, you know, Jerry Jones, is he a great owner? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, when they win. But, you know, it depends on, you know, what how the organization is going and, and, you know, what the team is doing and the direction it's headed. And right now I don't think there's a lot of optimism with the direction this team is going. So I think there would be a lot of people that uh, doubt the ownership with uh, Tepper.
1: Uh, one of our guys on the staff here, uh, Cofield and Company, uh, Adam, who's not on today, he's a writer for their local paper. He put out a story yesterday of best travel spots around the NFL and ranked each city. He had Carolina 27th, and I countered with, well, you know, maybe if there are a little more uh, around the stadium, and I know, you know, downtown's right there, um, it might be a better road trip city. But I think, is Tepper working on some big entertainment district?
5: Well, that's that's kind of was the hope, uh, you know, in Rock Hill is kind of putting something together that, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have been to Arizona, but seeing what they've done there with that project and what you guys have around, you know, Vegas as well. I mean, plenty of entertainment there. Um, you know, you look at the city of Glendale, what they've done with the the Cardinals. I mean, they they built their own district basically. So, yeah, that was the hope here with Carolinas, and I think that's kind of in the works. Uh, you know, with a couple of different projects he may have in mind, but. The one in Rock Hill fell through, but uh, I think that's their hope: is to build the entertainment value around, you know, the Carolina Panthers and bring some, uh, you know, some entertainment to the city and some some funds to the city. And I know a lot of the small business owners are craving for it to, uh, you know, get their 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 uh, claws stuck in that uh, pie and you know try to get a little piece of it.
1: Frank Garcia is with us. I'm glad you mentioned phoenix because uh you know i'm aware of the fact that hey, yeah, that's you know where you grew up you went to high school there you went up in the pac-12 at washington so i wanted your take on what's going on with the usc-ucla move and you know suppose it's scrambling by all the pac-12 schools to get the hell out of the conference i don't really get it i don't i don't know why the pac-12 schools wouldn't stick together
5: well i mean uh you know money's kind of ruling the the roost right now the and uh the way the direction of college football and you know, when you start looking at the TV deals that are being put together and uh, some of these other conferences, and, um, you know, maybe the pac is not willing to budge on some of those contracts. I mean, I don't know how the negotiations are, are handled, uh, you know, behind closed doors and those smoky rooms, but uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, they're kind of getting their head kicked in a little bit with some of these other conferences offering a lot of money to, uh, you know, to kind of uh, flee the conference and, and come join. So, you know, I don't think it's just going to be USC and Utah. I think it's going to be some of these other, these other teams as well, like Oregon and Washington. And you either you get on board, or you're going to get left behind uh, when it comes to you know the way that uh, the direction of college football is going. I think you're looking at about quarter in the, the 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 country, and you're going to have the you know the Northwest, the Southwest, the the Northeast, and the and the Southeast, and uh, you're going to have some super conferences, and you might have an at-large conference, and that might be. You know where some of these other some of these other teams get left behind if uh, if they're not going to do that. But with that, there's no revenue sharing. So I mean, there's a lot to, to look. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, you know kind of uh, boxes that are left unchecked right now. But um, I think it's inevitable with the way that uh, college, the direction of college football is going.
1: Speak as a player. You know, going back to your college days at Washington, what do you think it would be like to you know have a couple of road trips to go play? You know, at Penn State or at Ohio State, those are good, good length trips. And I don't, I don't think people realize Seattle is freaking. Seattle's even far from L.A. Like, what would the travel be like for college football players for uh, you know well, football I weekends?
5: Back, yeah, yeah, I remember back in '93 having to go down to uh, Miami, where we had their what 57-game road streak. Um, you know, down home home uh, home win streak there at the old, old Orange Bowl, and. It was a damn near seven-hour flight to get there, so um, you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a haul. I mean, you're not going to find many places farther than Seattle, Washington, to uh, like you said, go anywhere, but uh, let alone the East Coast. But um, you know, teams are going to do it. Uh, I think you're going to start looking at you know this becoming a bigger business than it already is, and uh, you know maybe even leaving a couple of days for travel and, the, and the, the expenditures there, but um, you know, those are going to have to all be worked in with the contracts because that's obviously a big expense for each school.
1: If you were in school now, would you care about losing USC and UCLA as rivals? Does that stuff even matter to players?
5: Uh, you know, it really doesn't, I don't think. I mean, I think that right now a lot of those players are focused on being the best they can be and trying to get to that next level, winning their, their championship, whoever it is, beating their opponent. You know, those type of things. Those are the things that I was concerned about when I was in college. I didn't really care about, you know, Arizona or USC or Washington State or, you know, maybe you have a rival here or there, but uh, you want to win your conference, you want to beat the player, the team you're playing, regardless of who it is, and you want to get to the next level. I think that's what uh, the, the, the hope and interest is of, uh, you know, these young players right now.
1: So I know you like gaming. I know you love uh, gambling. Panthers now, uh, you can actually get them to make the playoffs, yes, at plus 450. Is there value there? Do they have a chance at the playoffs?
5: You know, I think they, I, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, but you look at their roster; they have decent talent on the offensive side of the football with their skill positions. Um, you know, McAdoo coming in, I think, will bring a little stability uh, to to the offense. Uh, you know, calling plays. You know, leaning on some of those players is going to take some time for the offensive line to gel. But if they get off to a fast start and get some momentum, uh, you know, with as many teams as uh, making the playoffs, you know, nowadays, eight, nine wins can get it done. And, um, you know, I have them probably about six or seven, you know, bringing in Mayfield.
1: Yeah, their total right now for season win total is six. So it sounds like you're slightly bullish on the fact that they could go over that and win seven games
5: or eight. I think that would be very optimistic to uh, think that they could. The, the the plus side is is this comp, the division isn't what it has been. You have Tampa Bay, and really that's kind of about it. New Orleans is down with Breeze gone, Peyton gone. Atlanta is down; they're decimated with you know a bunch of different guys coming in there. And uh, you, you you look at the. You know the the Panthers right now, and uh, gosh, I can't think of who the other team is in the division. But uh, it's 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 uh, you, you know it's it, it's it's not what it was. You know, you look at Tampa. I think they're kind of still the bell cow. The Panthers, you know, have an opportunity to be second. You know, along with New Orleans and then Atlanta. You know, right there. You know, those those three teams are going to be in the mix.
1: It's crazy to think the balance of power and a lot of the offseason moves. Panthers. Uh, upside, they could have a shot at second place in the division with eight wins. The Raiders may win nine and finish and last in the AFC West. Yeah,
5: but the AFC West is loaded, man. I tell it's you ridiculous. what, that's a, that's a fun division to be a part of right now. And um, you know, I, I love, I love, 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 you know, what Herbert's doing to San Diego. I think he's the next superstar, and I think that uh, you know they get him some weapons and put a little defense around him. It's healthy, I think uh, that might be the surprise team of the year for me.
1: Uh-oh. Be careful. You know you're on in Las Vegas. People you start mentioning Justin <laughs> Herbert and people get the car fans have conniptions over this one. They're like, "What is Herbert
5: proven? Cars better." Well, I tell you what, uh head to head, head to head they uh they they took it to him uh that last game when when they needed to. I was I was actually in Vegas watching that. What a crazy ending to that game, but um you know, the Raiders have a you know, a young promising defensive line and and uh you know, obviously Carr they 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 just need to get some momentum and Get a little stability, and uh, you know they can make some noise. Don't 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 count them out. I think they're better than Denver, at least.
1: Frank, awesome spot, man. Have a good trip, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.
5: All right, brother, take it easy, and uh, let's catch up next time down in Vegas. Let's do it, Frank Garcia, big
1: fella, FNZ Radio in Charlotte, and a uh, Super Bowl champ. That's kind of cool. You never you never lose that label. All right, he mentioned the promising young defensive line for the Raiders on the way back. Willie. Got a quick convo with uh, Max Crosby and his reaction to the you know reshaping of the organization with the new president announced today.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Cofield and Company presents grab bag.
2: Don't touch it. Don't even look at
0: it. Only on ESPN
1: Las Vegas. Vegas. Vegas take
2: your hand in there, Dave.
1: Wrapping things up on a Thursday from Silver Sevens. Are you going over to the summer league after this? No. I was like, You're a lunatic. If you got up at three thirty in the morning, you're gonna watch you're <sighs> watching go. nighttime basketball.
2: I'm gonna leave here. I'm gonna go pick up my puppy from the resort. I'm gonna go home and make a T bone steak. I'm gonna throw the one verse three on and watch my girl Cassidy do her thing and I'm going to bed.
1: That's a good idea. I should make some steak. Yeah.
2: With some perfect I'll, cajun I'll, rub.
1: I have a lot of leftovers. I always have leftovers. I always gotta repurpose leftovers.
2: How much Perfect Season do you have?
1: Uh, I still have a lot of it. Okay. You gave me a lot. Right. You gave me like two full uh, shaker bottles and then plus some little packages of it. So There's a
2: part of me that wants to maybe put on a couple of old movies with one specific
1: actor. Uh, we'll make that transition in a second because it's important. Um, I was going to mention with the Perfect Seasoning, I actually had some fried chicken that I bought from a grocery store. Yeah. And then I crisp it up. Yeah. In the air fryer, so I might maybe I'll do a little Cajun tonight on the the two. You gotta get the, the two sp- massive breasts that I a have. To rip spray, into spray
2: a little spray olive oil, or you get drizzle, and That's then you put point. the seasoning. That's
1: yeah. a good point. Very good point. That's probably not the most important thing to close out the show with. You were getting to it in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. First, Max Crosby, because you uh, had a chance quickly to talk to Max Crosby as he was talking to the media about today and the hire of a new president for the Raiders.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, it's just it's incredible, um, first off. Um, she's, you know, breaking barriers, um, and Mark has, has done an incredible job, and it started with his father. Um, you know, just being, um, you know, transparent and, and giving everyone an equal opportunity, and um, she's obviously the best for the job, and um, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. We're excited for the
4: future.
1: He was jacked up. And I'm glad that he knows Raiders' history and what these things mean. Because while many other organizations are being, you know, kicking and screaming, being dragged into 2022, the Raiders have gotten it. Now, the, the workplace stuff, they got to fix that. If that was happening, they got to freaking fix that. So, and I'm, I trust that they will. I don't think this is an organization that has an attitude like the Snydog, Snyder in D.C. So I'm, I'm glad there are players who are aware of what's going on in the world.
2: I'm gonna just leave this with you and you, you can tease it for tomorrow if you want to bring it up with uh, whoever who's the company tomorrow, Adam? Okay. You notice that Max is all oh, is is been the guy. He's kinda of out there, he's the face. Um, he's got the long time contract long term contract. He's out there for the press conference today, he's out there at different times, he's the face. Are we building up that he's the face of the franchise and maybe yeah,
1: kind of a good debate discussion we had a few weeks ago right the uh, we were talking to uh, chuck smith who ran or was part of the von miller camp and he you know he's, he's obviously a defensive guy and he loves max crosby but he was he was kind of throwing it out there like who's the face of the franchise and we were all thinking like it's Derek carr and he's like ah, crosby you know has a pretty big public image now for the raiders
2: i didn't see Derek there today
1: well maybe he's not in town maybe he's on vacation who knows Everyone's not available all the time. And, and here's the thing. They also wanted to keep this very quiet. That's and true. We've, we essentially true. found out that That's it was true. happening yesterday late in the day and who it was this morning. So
2: I'm stirring the,
1: stirring the pot. It's not always perfect. the pot? Why? Yeah. It's what you do. All right. I think you did it before you were on Kofun Company. I'm not taking blame for that one. <laughs> Back in the bag.
0: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
1: Uh, we could talk about this for hours. Um, and this happens to me all the time when someone – you know, who's part of uh, entertainment history passes away. I don't always know a, a whole lot about them as much as I should. Uh, James Caan passed away at 82. First thing you're going to mention is The Godfather, but I was actually looking through a list of you know his 13 most famous roles, and they, he, he he did a lot of stuff, and it was all over the map.
2: Yeah. Hey, he's credited with with a ton of, of stuff, and, and, I mean, I haven't seen all of his movies, and at my age, I mean, before I was, you know, probably into movies or whatever, but... Um, so I, I thought it'd be interesting to come up with my top five, um, three through five. You can interchange any one of them, but and this is for me. This is I'm not saying these are his top five. I'm saying these are my top five that I, that I've enjoyed him in. And but anywhere between three through five, you can put Misery, Elf, and The Program. Remember, he was the the, the coach with uh, Omar Epps in that movie, uh, The Program. But my top two, I think a lot of people might be surprised, considering how much I talk about, you know the. The old school wise guy, and in my top, you know, my all time favorite movies, Casablanca. Number two is Godfather, but with James Caan, number two is the is Godfather one. Sonny Corleone, beat up Johnny Russo, Carlo in that. <laughs> you love bringing that up. You love well. I love it too. I love it too because of the offer. Yeah,
1: the uh, the newer show that kind of chronicled the making of the movie, yeah. and they showed Gianni Russo getting his ass kicked, and uh, like it really happened. Like they they did not like the guy, and they wanted to light him up. So yeah. the producers, directors were like, "Yeah, keep going, James. My, hey, we, we, it's real." Go ahead.
2: My number one James Con movie mm-hmm. was the first movie that I ever cried at as a little boy. Really. Co-starring Billy D. Williams, yep, Brian Song.
1: Yeah, Brian Song. I saw um, Entertainment Weekly had fourteen roles, top fourteen roles. They uh, they started at the bottom with. Uh, remember, he was on the Las Vegas TV show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a big deal. I know you mentioned a lot of these: Elf, Bottle Rocket, Misery, Dick Tracy, Thief, uh, Comes the Horseman. I'll probably watch that one. It's an old western with Henry Fonda. Rollerball, Funny Lady, a sequel to Funny Girl, The Gambler, Godfather, Brian Song. Lady in a cage, uh, they had his listed as the
2: number one. Huh. Well, I mean, that's how great of an actor is. Everybody's number one is not gonna be the same. No. You know, and, and he's uh you know, R I P to him and now his son, you know, he's he's a talented actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Scott Conn. Seen him in what, uh, varsity blues, oceans eleven, the oceans movies, you know, he's he's doing his uh he's doing his thing, tough guy image, right? carrying it out carrying it out well
1: he's doing a good job he doesn't quite have the stature that dad did dad, Not was, yet. dad was a bigger guy no i just mean actually like physical size Oh, yeah. his dad was you know could be a pretty intimidating guy uh his son's just a a little bit smaller but yeah sad loss sad loss and uh, another one of those losses where people are reminded of eras and and times in their life thanks to silver 7th for hosting the show we'll see you